It's amazing too, when you deliver something on Instagram, you can make it a little bit more targeted and not in a bad way, but it's hard for me to be one-on-one with a client and say, buy new shorts. Like I could say that, but it's a little bit, I think that the deliverable is a little bit softer when you're speaking to many people and somebody who might feel targeted can look at that and be like, oh, I'm not the only one. Look at all these comments. Look at all these people who are like, oh, I needed to hear this. And I think that kind of creates a little bit of community, a little bit of comfort, that sort of thing. So like Instagram can be really powerful in that way. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. Oh my God, you guys. Alex Parker is here today. And Alex is a former CrossFit Games athlete, now the owner of Tactic Nutrition. If you don't follow them on Instagram, you are missing out. It is amazing content. It's a fuel-based nutrition approach. And basically what Alex does is just educates clients on the importance of using food as their baseline to feeling great. And it's balanced and it's funny and it's straightforward and it's relatable. It's just what I love most about it is how much it busts up diet culture. That's my absolute, I live for that. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit or like tell everyone a little bit of your background as an athlete and coach and what led you to start the brand Tech Nutrition? For sure. So I, I guess we'll start my background in education is psychology. So I was, um, a high level athlete kind of all throughout my childhood years and then into my adolescence and ended up on a, uh, Alpine ski racing scholarship up in Alaska in Anchorage. And I studied psychology and philosophy with the idea of becoming a sports psychologist at that time, which was about 10 years ago, sports psychology just wasn't a big field. And so the options were kind of like, do your PhD and then become a professor or try to kind of carve your own path in terms of getting a master's degree and possibly a PhD in the field of sports psychology, and then hopefully kind of build from there. Um, But there wasn't a concrete path to follow at that point. And I'm very much like a person who likes to follow uh, a a carved out path. And, And so I was like, I'll just be a lawyer. (laughs) I'm very like I love academics I love learning and I, I took a, a business law class and I was like eh, I don't know this is pretty interesting it kind of makes the world go around like contracts and things like that plus both my parents are lawyers and so I thought that was a great option so I went to law school and it was right before uh, law school like it just at the tail end of my university degree when I found CrossFit. And if you know anything about CrossFit, it's, it was, nutrition is big in the space. 
And so as soon as you start, you learn about paleo zone and you kind of immerse yourself into that. And what I love about CrossFit is your nutrition is directly, directly impacts your performance. Cause it's, although it's a skill-based sport, especially when you're starting out, like how you fuel your body, because it's such, um, there's so much like high intensity, it's strength, it's endurance. Like your nutrition is very much in, like a big impact. And so Kind of that was probably the beginning of when I started getting really into nutrition. And then I qualified for the CrossFit Games right when I was in the middle of law school. And no big deal. Yeah, it was <laughs> one of the best athletic experiences of my life. It was yeah. it was incredible. And I've I've always been pretty good at juggling academics and athletics, um, just with my history with ski racing and going to school and that sort of thing. So when I became a lawyer and started working in a law firm, I discovered that that wasn't really the lifestyle that I wanted. It didn't really allow for much life balance. I wasn't able to do any really much work. Like it was really a struggle to get in workouts, eat healthy. It was this, that life is a really hard life to live when you value a healthy lifestyle and sleep and managing stress and all that. It was a really hard year. And at that point I was dating my partner in business, Meredith Root, and she had recently quit her job in um, biological engineering. And so she was coaching for another company kind of on the side and trying to make it to the CrossFit Games at that point. And I was really intrigued with what she was doing with nutrition coaching. And so when I started realizing I didn't want to be a lawyer, I was looking at what she was doing and thinking, wow, that's really cool. You're helping people. You're building relationships with people. And it allows for this this balance in your life. Like you can still train and have a job and it's flexible. And, and so I basically was like, I'm going to quit being a lawyer and which I probably was going to do anyways and pursue nutrition coaching. And then maybe do something down the line, like get into sports representation, uh, like contracts and stuff like that. Um, like sports agency stuff. And then, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with coaching people and immersing myself in nutrition. And I did a mentorship with the company that Meredith was working for. And then she helped me along. And after about a year of that, we were prompted by or pushed by one of our mentors and our coach to start our own company. And as scary as that was, we kind of just jumped right in and did it. At that point, I was just, I was still finishing up in the law firm. So we used that law firm to incorporate. It was really convenient. And basically we were off and running from there. So that's so rad. I love that you like, just first of all, just a couple of intellectuals just going like, you know what? Helping people is where it's at. And also just like the realization that the job that you were set up for was just not going to lead to the healthiest you. I think that that is a really mind-blowing concept because I think a lot of people struggle with separating like success in their career and the actual physical health of their body and like how long their life will be subsequently. And I just think that that's a really important and big concept to like leave something that a lot of people deem as very uh, uber successful and say like, you know what, that's not going to be the healthiest me. And I value my health above anything else. Yeah. I mean, I see, I was seeing it on a, 
day-to-day basis in that law firm of just people, they obviously love their job because, well, I'm not going to say obviously, I think a lot of them that I worked with were passionate about what they were doing and they were obviously very dedicated to it, but you could tell like there was a, there was a struggle and a lot of them just felt bad a lot of the time, like physically felt bad. They were tired a lot and they would see me eating, trying to eat healthy and I would bring prepared food or I wouldn't eat at certain events. And they, um, yeah, it was like, it was a foreign to them. And I think we still work with a lot of people in the corporate world and it's not just about, okay, you need to like work nutrition into your life. It's kind of a lot of what we preach is like, maybe, you know, set some boundaries with work that allows for the right balance, which is, I think, totally doable, even though it's very difficult it's definitely doable. And there are times in your career when you maybe don't have that flexibility or that ability to, to set boundaries. But I do think it's, it's a possible, it's possible for most people if they do you know there are competing values in every aspect of life, but I think that you can, you can find the right balance. I'm just in love with the fact that there are some driven, motivated, successful people in this space that have decided like, I could go in these directions where like my career would be like taking the front seat, like this, these ideas of like what my life should be, but ultimately like health and the health of ourselves and our body and our life is going to be the most important thing. (laughs) And like finding a, like there it's possible to find a balance with those things. And sometimes I think if you want to be a really driven person and you want to be successful in your career, you think like, well, I have to put all of that to the wayside. I have to live this life where I don't sleep enough, where I don't eat enough, where I am constantly on the go, I'm getting out of my car. And that will somehow putting all that together will mean that I worked so hard and that I became successful. Right. But like, what does success look like for you? And people like with this mindset of like, you know, that are really driven and want to be successful have found a balance with living, also living a healthy lifestyle where we're not killing ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like what's success if you don't have your health, it, it does, it's literally irrelevant. Alex, what I love most about your content is that you tackle really pressing questions, like the ones that all the internet people are fighting over. (laughs) And you do it in such a like, dry, relatable way that you leave people with like, actually valuable information in a simple way that helps them immediately that they can like take something from it right then and like work it into their life. And I just, I love your content. Can you say a little bit about how you and Meredith come up with like the concepts for your videos? Where do you get your ideas? Most of our ideas come from client conversations. So we both work one-on-one with clients. We have a team of coaches as well, but we work, uh, we're talking to clients three days a week and asking them like, what are your sticking points? Or they'll say, they'll, they'll ask questions like, oh, you know, my friend told me that insulin is bad for you. And, you know, or I, you know, I always grew up thinking carbs were bad. And it's, I mean, those are just very like, blanket examples. But there there was one that Meredith did a while ago about jean shorts, like, you know, just buy new shorts kind of thing. And because we have so many people who are like, I want to fit into this old dress or, you know, I don't fit into my pants anymore. It's like buy new pants. Like, obviously you don't want to be going in a direction where you're just constantly buying new clothes because you're letting go of your health, but there's, there's a balance there. And like, just because you used to be a size four or that you have some weird thing about size four pair of jeans doesn't mean you 
like can't let that go, buy a size six and live a happy life and feel good in your pants. Most of our ideas for Instagram come from just day-to-day stuff. And we, we really have a good, I guess the phrase is like a pulse on things. So we're creating reels for the following day, that day. We don't do things in advance. It's really much, it's really just based on what's going on in, in, in our lives and our clients' lives on the day. But we do, we do have a motto with our Instagram and that's entertainment first, information second. And that seems to be working well for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like your content is obviously super relatable and like digestible, but you're sitting there being like, ha this is so true. <laughs> like the, just like the start of your videos, you're just like, yes, I am definitely laughing and learning something as I go. So yeah. And so we have a really large like Facebook community and as we've gotten bigger. People have definitely asked us like, how are you still in there on the day to day? And it's exactly for that reason, like keeping a pulse on the struggles or like that people are posting in there, whether it's, you know, I have this weird thing about wanting to fit into these size, whatever pants from 10 years ago, like, well, why you were a totally different person at that time. And is that conducive to your lifestyle right now? Is that conducive to like your health and your goals, trying to just fit into this old you? Like, are you happy? <laughs> were you a child when you fit into those? I know, because like, when I hear the like high school weight or pre-baby weight, like those things, I'm like high school weight, like you were a child. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about a 16 year old. Like we're not going back to this idea like it's not I know and and just kind of even talking through those but getting ideas and keeping a pulse on you know the struggles that people are facing or are hearing in the health and fitness industry is like super important in our space to just like keep an idea of like what people are going through and what they're thinking about food and nutrition and where the disconnect is from our nutrition to our performance and how we can bring those things closer together yeah absolutely It's amazing too, when you deliver something on Instagram, you can make it a little bit more targeted and not in a bad way, but it's hard for me to be one-on-one with a client and say, buy new shorts. Like I could say that, but it's a little bit, I think that the deliverable is a little bit softer when you're speaking to many people and somebody who might feel targeted can look at that and be like, oh, I'm not the only one. Look at all these comments. Look at all these people who are like, oh, I needed to hear this. I think that kind of creates a little bit of community, a little bit of comfort, um, that sort of thing. So like Instagram can be really powerful in that way. Yeah, that you're exactly right. Like there are so many people that struggle with this, even if it's just like a funny, you know, video that seems obvious, like buying your shorts, but you see all the comments and you're like, no, no, a ton of people are struggling with this. That's why you're making a video on it. You're not the only one. You're not this weirdo who struggles with the idea. Like there are a ton of people right there with you that are kind of there to support you in changing this like mindset and being able to laugh at ourselves a little bit is kind of, cause when you peel it back and you're like, yeah, that is that silly. I should, I should get clothes that fit me. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, like <laughs> it seems simple, but the next thing I wanted to ask you about was a lot of people list nutrition as their missing link when it comes to health and fitness. Like we hear this all the time. I've got my workouts in order, but my nutrition is always holding me back from reaching my goals. Do you feel like this is true for most people? And like, what are people trying to say, really trying, really mean when they say this? 
I think that's true. Uh, we definitely feel the same way. Uh, people, people do come to us and, and do say, you know, my, my, I'm getting my workouts in, I'm active, but I do feel like nutrition is what's holding me back. And I think that is actually the, the truth for most people, especially weight loss and body comp changes. It does come down a lot, to, a lot of the time to what you're doing for your nutrition. I think there's uh, a couple reasons for that. Number one, the gym is, is one hour of your day. For most people, the nutrition is is 16 hours, hopefully, if you're sleeping eight hours. You're on your own for nutrition. So you're making decisions every single minute of every single day. Not every single minute, but you know, you're eating three meals a day, you're making decisions on snacks. I think there's also this I this desire to get expert help because there's so much noise in the space and no one knows if they're doing the right thing. And one of the things that we say that you can get value from hiring an expert, and I'm not plugging our, our, our coaching or even just getting into a community where there's some direction, is the reassurance that what you're doing is actually okay. You just need to keep doing it. Because you could be doing, you could have a perfect diet and you can go online and somebody will be poo-pooing what you're doing. And there is no perfect diet. It's just your diet. So I, there's a lot of, it's multifaceted, but I do think there's, you know, nutrition is, is often the missing link. There's also the, the social and emotional aspects to nutrition that are in play. And that can be very difficult for people to navigate. You know, going to the gym is easy enough. You can do it whenever it's convenient, but you can't eat a healthy meal if your friends are going out or you have the social pressures of alcohol. There's just, it's, it's very, yeah, multifaceted, but I think, I do think nutrition is often the missing link, but it's it's also like the mentality around it as well. It's so tough the to see people lack so much confidence in this area because it's something, like you said, that they have to make decisions on more than anything else during the day. And to have that be a source of a place where you feel like you don't know what you're doing, that you lack complete confidence, like that's a really hard thing to make decisions on multiple times a day. And you can see why people are out there searching desperately for good information and also why they're flooded with shit all the time is because people know that you're out there looking for information and they know that they can feed you any kind of just $50 later and you'll lose the bloat and all of this stuff because people are so desperate. And that lack of confidence is really, really hard. I think especially you see it in women where they really just feel like they don't have the information. And that's why I think it's like, it's so great that you're putting out information for free on the daily that like people can easily absorb to help them feel more confident in choosing things that support their lifestyle. So some of the burning questions, let's get to them. Some of my favorite videos you guys have done. First thing people do when they get on a health and nutrition kick, they need to buy 4,000 supplements. They need to know what specific time to consume their nutrients because like before fasted cardio, after what, when do I eat my protein? Like when should I eat in general? Should I be fasting? Are there windows in which is appropriate? Should I eat after 8 p.m.? Like all of these like rules that are set in place when people immediately start something. Can you address some of those for us? Yeah. So those rules just really, they don't, they shouldn't exist. Let the, let them go. I think 
we talk about a lot the the hierarchy of nutrition and it's a like a pyramid so you at the at the base you have calories calories determine your body weight body weight is very important to most people especially probably our audience collective and if you're not controlling for calories nothing else matters if you're eating at eight, it, it doesn't matter if you're eating at eight, if you're eating too much in general, it doesn't matter when you eat. It doesn't matter if you take fish oil or sup or any sort of supplement. If you're not controlling for calories, your body weight is directly impacted by the amount you eat and the amount you exercise. And that, you know, there, there, there have been people trying to debunk calories in versus calories out, but what it comes down to is, is controlling your intake for a lot of people. Yes, there are hormones and stuff that might impact how much you eat or how much you like, exercise or are active but what it comes down to is is managing what you're eating not when you're eating it not when you're eating what you're eating it with just like how much you're eating throughout the day so people come to us and say well do you recommend inter intermittent fasting no we don't but we also don't not recommend it like eat when you want um, and that's why we use macros is a really good way to quantify how much you're eating so will we get people who come to us and we're like, I'm tr I've tried everything and I still am not losing weight and I eat really healthy. And you'll say, well, do you, do you manage your intake through calorie tracking? And it's like, well, no. Well, how do you know what you're, how much you're eating then? And then the, the next thing is, is macros. And that's how much you're eating of each macronutrient. So protein, fat, and carbs, which impacts your body composition. So a big one that we see is people are very low on protein intake which if you don't have, you know, the muscle mass or you're not strength training, that's going to impact, you know, how you look like you can, you can lose 10 pounds, but you might look exactly the same as you weighed when you were 10 pounds heavier. If you're not focusing on strength training and eating enough protein to maintain muscle mass. And then there's also factors that come in, like health factors that come into play with muscle mass and that sort of thing, especially as we age. And then the next one is food qual quality. So it's easy to kind of let go of food quality when you're focusing on calories or macros. You know, if it fits your macros, well, I can eat a thousand, I can eat 2000 calories in donuts. Yeah, for sure you can. And you might not be overweight, but your health is going to be very bad, especially if you do that for a very long period of time. And then on top of that, you're looking at nutrient timing. And that's when you eat around workout nutrition, if you eat breakfast, if you eat late at night, and you can get into the weeds about the autophagy and the benefits of intermittent fasting. You can get into the weeds of chrononutrition, eating before bed, how that impacts digestion and human growth hormone and all those things and sleep quality. But none of that matters unless you're controlling for calories, eating enough protein and getting good food quality. And then on top of that is supplements. Supplements are the very last thing. But like you said, supplements are the first thing that people are asking about. Like we post a post on creatine, which we promote because it is well supported in science. But like, if you have a really bad diet, taking creatine isn't going to change a dang thing. But you post on creatine and people are just like, oh my God, I love this post. This is what we want to see. Post more. Like, what are the studies? And it's like, it doesn't matter. When we put it out there, because, you know, for some people it does apply, but for a lot of people, it's like, let's go back to the basics. And then also sleep and drinking enough water. Those are the big ones as well that people tend to tend to ignore. So that was a bit of a long-winded answer, but that's kind of our basis and how we present nutrition in terms of uh, priority. Priority is everything. And I think that I loved the cake video that you guys did <laughs> with the like, okay, um, I need some, some supplements. And you compared it to baking a cake and starting without even 
baking the cake and then just putting frosting on uh, an unbaked cake. And you're like, why isn't this working? What's happening? We need to throw out the recipe. And it's like, nah, you needed to bake the cake first. Like we need to go back to the basics. And I think that that's a really good reminder for people that, you know, the place to start is really like how much you're eating, what you're eating, and making sure that consistency and like how long you've how long have you been at this? Because like, are we talking about in are we talking about six weeks? Because I don't want to talk to you about six weeks. Yeah, we get a lot of people who will start our program and it's two weeks in, and it's like I'm so frustrated. Like I haven't lost any weight, and I'm like, it's been two weeks. Like I get it because all we've been fed is this diet, like instant gratification mentality that is so far from the truth that yeah, people sign up for any nutrition program. And the expectation is like, I'm going to be losing weight immediately. And it's, it's not even like, sometimes it's like, they don't even look at what they're actually doing. It's like, well, I'm trying hard. So they could be trying hard, not even doing it. And they, they have these expectations of results. And it's like, well, we need to back up. Like, do you see you're not even hitting your calories, your macros, you're not tracking your food. You haven't actually changed anything. You just have this perception that because you've signed up for something, you should expect immediate results. And that's a little bit of a tough love situation. But, you know, hopefully with our clients, we can get them to come to a, an understanding and kind of back up and focus on the habits and like the long-term approach. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because we have been fed this instant gratification idea and a lot of the like fad diets, a lot of what's caught steam in the health and fitness industry is a timeline in which you can reach your goals aesthetically and that being some gauge for health. And that's not how that works. And we've really dropped what I feel is what we've really dropped in the health and fitness industry is the focus on health and just like a laser focus on these aesthetic goals, throwing health out the window and however we can meet them in the shortest period of time, even though every study proves that that over a lot, like over a longer period of time is not lasting. So yeah, you could reach, you know, some of those aesthetic goals in a very unhealthy way in a short period of time, but in four months, you're going to find yourself right back to where you started or worse, actually studies show in a worse position. Everyone in this space has a different approach to how we talk to people about nutrition and how we try to link nutrition and our workouts. And you will find someone everywhere that is going to say something a little bit different than you. But really the approach that we have tried to go with is just like the quality of food <laughs> is, is so important to how you're going to reframe how you look at food. Is it uh, is it helping you? Is it hurting you? Is it um, working towards your goals? Is it working into your lifestyle? And what does that look like for you? And every person is going to find that to be a little bit different. So like what I eat on a daily basis is not necessarily what you're going to eat on a daily basis, even if we're doing the same workouts. Even if we have the same level of activity, it's just like our lifestyles are very different. So like... <laughs> It's, it's so nuanced and trying to like get a basis behind that to really work with people can be really challenging. But, you know, I love that you brought up that like, hey, we're looking at a longer period of time here and getting our ducks in a row. And the last thing on our list is supplementing our baseline for nutrition. That's that's the icing on a cake. Like we have to bake it first. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, some of the other things that I wanted I wanted to ask you about was, you know, a lot of people go to nutrition and, and look at what can I cut out? It's the, the first initial is like, what supplements can I take and what do I need to cut out? Like what's off limits? It's all my favorite things, right? <laughs> The things I love the most. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, always going to be what we're coming for, right? Have to um, suffer, right? <laughs> well, that goes with the trying hard. Like, I, I'm, am I trying hard and am I suffering enough? And, like, if I have those things, like, I should be reaching my goals, right? Like, that's not, that's not how that works. So do you feel like there are things people need to be cutting out completely in order to reach their goals? And is fruit the problem? <laughs> Uh, yeah, fruits, fruit ain't the problem. <laughs> I think cutting out is the problem. Like restriction is a really unhealthy way to approach um, anything in life. I think we talk more about looking at the diet from a perspective of like abundance. So fill, fill your, there's so many options to fill your plate with healthy, nutritious, whole foods that oftentimes when you eat enough and you eat to fuel your body and you choose foods that are whole and that make you feel good. We hear from people like, I don't really even miss these foods. And if they do, if they say, I have craving that cookie, it's like, have the cookie and, and learn and go into it with the idea that you're going to eat, eat it in moderation, enjoy it, let go of the guilt. And sometimes that's much easier said than done, of course, for a lot of people. So it's working with people, you know, saying like, yeah, of course you can have a cookie understanding like what's in the cookie and what the cookie might do for you and your goals, depending on where you're at. But for most people, there is a time and a place for everything. I think alcohol is a really demonized food in, in the health and nutrition industry, but we work with a lot of older uh, people who enjoy having uh, wine or even younger people. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter who enjoy having a glass of wine or beer. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, you can, you can really hone in on health and just have your nutrition just so, so dialed. Um, but at that point, what is your life? Like, are you living a vital life in terms of, in terms of the social aspects of life, the, the relationships that you build, the, the emotion uh, that food in, invokes and that sort of thing. So you do, there's just so many aspects to nutrition, I think. And I think taking something out and that can be as simple as oh, I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat alcohol. I'm not going to eat certain fruits because they're high in the glycemic index, but it can go as far as I'm going to cut out carbs. And those are like, that's really what we try to stay away from. I mean, a low carb diet has its place for certain people, but really I think any sort of restriction, it kind of goes back to that. Is it sustainable? Is it going to be something that is, is long, long term? Like we hear people who come to us and say, Oh, I did, I've done keto in the past and it worked. So I'm going to do it again. And my question is, well, did then it did, did it really work? Not no. If you're back to where you started, just like Rachel said, then uh, you're you're not like it. It failed actually. We have people who will say, "What's the timeline on this?" And the, it's like that question always takes me back a bit. And it, my answer is, well, this is the rest of your life. Your life <laughs> when you die, the day. <laughs> this is the first day of the rest of your life in terms of how you're going to approach nutrition and health and that's kind of the cornerstone of our program is we're not, you're not doing something for a period of time. Like, yeah, you might have a coach for three, six months or 12 months, but that doesn't mean that what you're doing stops after that. We're trying to set you up for success in the future. And, and I think cutting things out, I mean, what are you going to cut things out for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. I hope not, but 
I love that you pointed to, you know, something that I think that every single person needs to review with themselves when they take on a way of eating is that are you going to be doing this when you're 80? If not, what are we doing? What are we doing? What's the point? So that looking at things with an abundance mindset, I think like not only is that great for nutrition, but I would highly recommend it for everything that you're doing. Like if you're a business owner, like if you're, you know, with your workouts, like every single thing you're doing, if you approach it with an abundance mindset rather than a restrictive one, like the doors swing wide open and everything looks like a possibility. And that's so freaking more hopeful than all the list of things you can't have. And I just think that that is like a really important, I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I'm also really glad that your clients get to see that aspect from a nutrition coach, which, you know, a lot of people's previous experience was probably, here's the list of things that I don't want you eating. And that's what they think is normal. And um, so it's just, it's really refreshing. Can we, I know we have a lot of people that ask this question, can we make up, make up? I'm putting this in quotes for a quote unquote bad day of eating by eating less the next day. Is that how that works? We highly recommend not trying to compensate for a bad day of eating the following day, because what that does is it perpetuates the yo-yo cycle of dieting, which a lot of people fall into that trap. So you have a day where you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to, we also like to call this the all or nothing mentality. So, you know, one day you go and, and I'm saying you as, as all of us, and we say, okay, we're going to go out for lunch and we have something, some French fries. It's like, I'm going to have French fries. Well, I already had the French fries. So I'm now going to have a drink. And then you start feeling guilty and maybe for whatever reason, and there's lots of reasons for, uh, I'm going to say overeating to kind of generalize you eat too much for the day, or you have a, a dinner out and you just, you ate too much. And the next day, often the approach is to restrict to compensate. And what that does is then you get to, maybe you make it through the whole day, maybe you make it through two days, but by the third day, you're going to be probably pretty hungry. You're going to feel very restricted. And so what happens then you're going to overeat again. Okay. Well now I need to compensate again. And so that's that yo-yo cycle. And it's not day by day. It can be week by week for some people. I think that also happens with diets. Okay. I'm going to do this diet for two weeks. And that's an instance of restriction. And then I'm going to overeat and then I'm going to go back on the diet. And so it can be very acute. It can also be a long-term thing as well. And so we, we say, don't do that. It's, it's not so much about eating like less, it's just being more consistent. And what tends to happen is if you just get back onto your normal day of eating, what you're going to find is those days of overeating and undereating just become fewer and fewer or less and less frequent. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Anything that we're looking at in that yo-yo cycle is like, okay, now we're just going back through this cycle again. And when, when does it really end? And like, when can we just say like, okay, today is today. Like it's not built on whatever like happened yesterday. Like today is today and I'm going to. Plus like the mental damage. Like you don't take that into account of like all the shame and stuff that goes into like binging and restricting and like all the negative self-talk that always comes along with that. Like that's part of your health. Like that's your mental health. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. One of the things I wanted to get into is the less obvious factors when it comes to health and nutrition. And one that really isn't talked about enough is sleep. How important is sleep when it comes to our body's response to nutrition and exercise and how we're doing it? We are big proponents of uh, uh, getting enough sleep. For some people, it's difficult. We get that, especially people with kids. And there's never enough hours in the day, but there's so much value in prioritizing sleep because I mean, some of the, uh, the, the studies and the research on sleep is very extensive, but to kind of cover it from a nutrition standpoint, sleep has an impact on your hunger hormones. So if you don't sleep enough, you're going to be hungrier, which impacts um, how much you eat and how, like even just having to use the willpower to not eat when you're feeling hungry and exhausted (laughs) and exhausted and your decision-making becomes like, uh, what's the word you basically compromised. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to be making decisions that just don't align with your health. I think I always like to say, uh, everyone, when they travel there, it's like you almost, everyone makes, I want to say everybody, but it's more, you're more likely to make really bad decisions when you're traveling. And I feel like that's because when you're traveling, you're just like super tired. And when you have to make a decision about what restaurants you're going to eat at, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to have pizza or fast food. There's a lot of factors at play there, but I would say sleep for sure impacts your hunger. And then it also has an impact on where if you're, if you're in a calorie deficit and you're not eating enough, um, it's going to impact where the, the weight loss comes from. So if you're underslept, a, a majority of your body weight loss will be from muscle, which is the opposite of what most people want. And if you, so if you get enough sleep and you're training hard and you're on a calorie deficit, most of the weight loss is going to be from fat, which is what, again, most people want. And then I think just from a workout standpoint, your workouts are going to be better. You're going to be more likely to do them and you're going to be doing, able to do them at a higher intensity with sleep. So those are the kind of the three big ones that we preach. We find that if most people can get eight hours of sleep, their nutrition is just going to be better without even focusing on nutrition. It's definitely like a foundation to jump off of. That's like, I, I feel like screaming that from the rooftops might well, be we the did way. Like two ep- we did, we couldn't even cover sleep in one episode. Remember Rachel? Like yeah. we, had, we were like, and oh, listen for so part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so extensive and there's so many things that go into it, but it's like, if you could just tell people like, hey, you're, the choices that you're making throughout the day nutritionally will automatically be easier and get like more aligned with what you want. If you're just on a full night's sleep, like, yeah, I'm here for that. Like that's one of the, like, not that it's an easy thing to change, but like it's kind of enjoyable to do. No, it just, (laughs) but it it could move up on the priority list because a lot of things that I see with women is that, you know, when they want to work, like fit their workouts in, or they want more time in the day, what they immediately take away from is sleep. They don't take away from like maybe the show they're going to watch at the end of the night or, you know, some other things are like screen time or things like that, where you say you could look at your day and you say, hmm, could I steal 20 minutes here, 15 here, like blah, blah, blah. They immediately go to, well, I'll just wake up earlier. I'll go to bed later. And it's like, well, wait a minute on the priority list of watching stranger things or getting falling here and just knowing that like one is going to set you up to have a clearer mind. I mean, sleep deprivation is a form of torture. So like, <laughs> like, 
we're also the only species who do that. Like yeah. we, are, we are the only species who deprive ourselves of sleep. Which on purpose. Is on purpose, yeah. <laughs> it makes, it, well, it's become like a cultural thing too. Like it's become, I hate to use it in this way, but you know, if you're working hard, you're like, well, I only got four hours of sleep. It's like a bragging point. And a lot of times, like I say, like we need to stop glorifying that. Like the fact that you think that you're telling me you're working harder because you came in with four hours of sleep, what's going through my mind is cognitively, you're not as sharp. You're not able to give people around you, all of you that you, you want to be able to do with your life because like you're not actually all the way there. So don't tell me you're working harder because you're sleeping less because like, actually I'm not getting the best from you. Yeah. There's a, like, it would be so great if people who the response to people were like, I worked 80 hours last week. Instead of being like, wow, you'd be like, dude, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I say not cool. Ew. People would do that. Like the corporate world, it is a bragging, right? It's like, if you're working 80 hours of sleep a week or work a week, how are you sleeping? You're you're not. And then again, it comes to what you said, how effective are you actually at work? But with that being said, I think it is important to note that there are a lot of people out there who, for whatever reason, aren't going to get sleep, um, babies, kids, that sort of thing. And then there are people who work night shifts where it's just like their sleep schedule is off. That doesn't mean that you're screwed. You can definitely, there are still things within your control. Um, it just makes it definitely, you're, you're working a little bit against your biology for sure. But if, if sleep is, yeah, I think there's, there's a phenomenon that people like stay up late as a form of like self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I need to wind down. I need to. And I think when you're forced to be in these places throughout the day, like work and take care of your kids, you almost need to fight for time for yourself. And instead of it, think you thinking of time for yourself as sleep, it's time for yourself in front of the TV or spending time with your husband. It's really easy to justify that. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle for people. It is a struggle and and it's in a world where you get so little time for yourself. It's, it, it is, but like thinking of sleep as self-care is kind of the goal. And I think that we should start doing that guys. Every time someone comes up is like, Oh, it's up four hours. We should just be like, ew, David, ew, David. <laughs> ew, David. I worked 80 hours this week. Ew, David. Don't even. We should start a new that. thing. Want to start it? Yeah. We should yeah. do it. Yeah. We're three people, guys. I feel like it was a great start. <laughs> but Alex, in your opinion, to sum it up, if there was one concept that you could just really punch home to everybody that comes across your content and like wants a better way to live nutritionally and just like wants to feel better. If there was just one concept that you could just punch home, what would it be? What do you really want people to gain from your positive impact on the world? I would say to keep it simple, keep it easy, easy for you, not what you think should be easy and do it for keep it consistent. And then over time, it just becomes easier. You're able to do more, but yeah, simple, easy, and consistency. I think those are the three takeaways. Yeah, that's great advice. It does get easier. <laughs> These things do get easier. The longer you, you work with them and work them into your lifestyle, it does get easier. I love that. Alex, where can our listeners hear more from you, find you, um, all the good stuff? So my personal Instagram is aparker1. 
And then my partner is at Meredith Root. And then our, our tactic page is at Tactic Nutrition. Those are on Instagram. And then our website is uh, www.tacticmethod.com. And then we also have a podcast called Afternoon Snack. And that's um, that's a little bit more outside of, we talk nutrition, but we also talk everything else, life, yeah. life in general. I so. mean, if you have a podcast, you just have to end up talking about everything else. Like we named one, like shit we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> and you still repeat yourself every single yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, this was amazing. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes, guys. So if you want to check out their website or their Instagram, you can easily get it right in there. And thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks. Um, usually Meredith does these. So I, I was stepping out of my comfort zone today to do this one solo. So I appreciate you, you having me. Look at you being brave. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.